brain Welcome into his frequency Enter at your own risk Come be at peace with me Ask the call Where we rise and don't fall Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. I have the special guest with me. She is um, a risk manager um, by by trade. She now runs uh, wellness. Uh, She is the founder and CEO of Beyond Well. Go Beyond Well. Go Beyond Well. Princess Castleberry. Princess, welcome to Baxter's Buzz. It's so good to see you. Yes, it's great to see you as always. Yeah. Bump into each other all the time. So I'm glad to finally be a guest. Yeah. And we talked about like um, the transition. I, I mentioned risk management because that's how I met you and that's how I know you. And we'll talk about like the, you know, you gave me some really, really sound advice when I first um started at Catnick, but but talk about um go beyond well what the the vision is and what you've been been doing yeah so go beyond well is an, an iteration of first it's an iteration of my career right um go beyond well just in a nutshell provides professional speaking um wellness and risk training workshops and also um, a host of consulting services and so including some coaching that goes into the consulting piece of it. And so the, the premise of Go Beyond Well is that we there is a collective responsibility for wellness and that I want to help people create um, the lives and the environments that are just going to help them thrive. Now, you mentioned my background in risk management, and I do not see um, wellness as distinct from risk. I see it as another iteration. Now, um, and you know, you know, my back or part of my background, but I'll share um, just for the audience's sake is that I spent the first 20 years in corporate America as a traditional risk manager, but of many varieties. So I started out um, in a really conservative traditional way, which is at an insurance brokerage firm, one of the largest in the world, in fact. And I learned um, the nuances of insurance program management. Um, global risks, um, everything from negotiating with carriers and presenting to clients. And that gave me that experience, gave me a springboard into in-house risk management because I didn't want to be on the selling side. Um, and I and I love the service element, but I didn't want to sell um, risk management tools or products. I wanted to go in-house to a risk management team And at the time I started my career, those spots were really coveted and held for people who had really high levels of experience because you're inside of a company making decisions. And uh, I was really fortunate early in my career um, to be part of an incredible in-house risk management team at Pulte Homes. So I got all of my start in Fortune 500 um, companies, and I got to do every single thing from Um, training people on contract tools and contract management and negotiation to um, how to position the company well from a risk and indemnity perspective within the contract. I managed global insurance programs. And later in my career, I I actually ended up transitioning and working for Kelly Services in the staffing Mm -hmm. industry, which that exploded my experience because I got a chance to touch dozens and dozens of industries yeah. and, and issues and 
work on things from safety um, to, again, every element of liability that you can experience within the contract, business continuity and disaster planning, cybersecurity planning. And I was for 11 years part of Kelly's enterprise risk management team. So wow. that's my foundation. Yeah. yeah. And and no, and, and it's, it's interesting because, yeah, now you have access and exposure and experience to these different companies. And so you are you're learning you're you're still managing risk and assessing risk but you're assessing different parts of risk and different and different industries and and yeah it probably really sped up your learning curve right as far as just like the amount of like knowledge that you were able to attain yeah well, seriously you know the foundation of everything i do whether you know all those subject matters i named off employment compliance cyber all those areas the foundation is the same, which is the core and essence of the risk management process, which is to identify risks. Um, and there's a lot of lots of ways to identify, but you identify, you assess, you um, you start to develop solutions around how you're going to address or mitigate the risk. And then you implement solutions and you monitor them. And that is like, in a nutshell, the basic risk management process. And like, if I even take a step back, um, because some people will ask me, well, what is what do you mean risk? What, you're talking about finance. And my simple definition, I've used this for years, Baxter, is that a risk is the possibility of harm or loss to something of value, plain and simple. And when you say it that way, people can see what risk is at a company level, companies value their people, their profits, their property, their assets, right? Everything that makes their businesses go, their reputations. But as individuals, we have, and we manage lots and lots of risks. And what people um, today, the, the gap that I saw that prompted me to you know, go in, in, into the direction of wellness is that people um, do not understand how intricately linked their personal wellness is to the wellness of an organization and the outcomes mm. of, uh, of of the business. They Talk don't about that. It. Talk about that. Yeah. And so, for example, I spent many years working, um, again, in insurance and, and dealing with claims. So let's just take a look at, you know, workers' compensation claims. Um, and this was something I saw all the time because we had lots of customers in the warehousing space. You would see forklift accidents, right, mm. or high-low accidents. And if somebody gets into a high-low accident, the first thing in, in most companies' protocol is to drug test that individual, right? They do drug and alcohol testing. It's mandatory um, for, uh, you know, according to most protocols. And let's say, for example, you find somebody has been drinking or using some sort of illegal substance that um, is likely a, a cause of the accident. Now, that person will just be disciplined according to whatever the rules are of that business up to and including losing their job through termination. But what I was finding is that nobody was taking time to figure out why that individual had the accident, not just why the person was intoxicated or high, but what circumstance was happening in that individual's life. And more often than not, people are going through um, death, divorce some type of depression, anxiety that is causing certain behaviors. And I did not see enough explicit discussion, thought leadership on how these personal challenges at home 
come into the workplace. And another example I see all the time, um, Baxter, is that um, people who have um, issues with drawing boundaries in the workplace, resolving simple or even complex conflicts in the workplace, also have those issues at home. So I wanted mm. to dedicate myself to teaching those skills, but I do it in the context of work. But I do it through the lens of, okay, as a business, we need to start caring about um, what our employees experience in all areas of life. Mm -hmm. And if we address them and help them to solve the wellness challenges that are impacting their personal lives, those behaviors will migrate to the workplace and we'll be better off. And I think, you know, this is my, you know, the world according to Princess, I believe very strongly that the workplace has a collective responsibility for individual wellness. Plain and simple. Well, well I, I love how you painted that. Um, me as a, you know, a consultant, a broker, the way that I try to paint those pictures and make it clear for for clients and prospective clients if they don't if they don't see the value right simply a healthier employee is a is a employee is going to stay longer and they're going to be less expensive mm -hmm. right so even if you don't buy into or you haven't had the experience to understand like we got to take care of this this whole person knowing that this person is um being taken care of whether mentally physically spiritually at home and at, at work they're less likely to, to miss days they're less likely to uh, want to you know look for another job and they're and they're less likely to be diagnosed with with something um you know that may harm you know ultimately harm them but you know from an organization standpoint where you're where you're losing money you're you're you know you're losing this 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 resource that um and and so the the thought of and the notion of like whole person you know taking care of the whole person it's kind of become like a new thing and it it's so simple it's like why didn't we think about those things before well, this is more more world according to Princess. Um, for a really long time, businesses tried to establish a certain type of social social contract that centered the business. We heard things, we saw mantras, we shared it on LinkedIn that said, "Put the company before yourself, put the team before you." And that was at the time when when companies started to say that that was a really big pendulum swing. People had already felt the pressure of work, right? We were already um, conscious. We were very conscious. And if you look back five years ago, the rights that we enjoy today in the workplace, um, people did not have all this, these rights and flexibility. We know that a lot of that was born out of the pandemic and we don't have to rehash that. Everybody knows that. So we know how the, the last few years have changed things and accelerated wellness in the consideration. But the fact remains, businesses um, had been pumping this mantra and piling this mantra on people that the team and everything had to come ahead of you. And the reality is when we do not take care of ourselves, when we do not secure our oxygen masks, we do not make the best decisions for ourselves. And that turns into not making the best 
decisions for others. Now, what happened during the pandemic is that people for the first time in our lifetime, in our parents' and grandparents' lifetimes, had an opportunity to be still for a prolonged period of time. That amount of stillness that the pandemic created does not happen, right? Maybe it only happens every 100 years. But when people got a chance to be alone, isolated, and very still, they were triggered. Everything started to come to light. And you see this mm -hmm. very wild and in some ways dangerous pendulum swing in the complete opposite direction. And the new mantra has become self-care over all other care. And I don't necessarily um, agree with that, even as a as an advocate of my own self-care and I, as somebody who teaches ways to practically um, create those types of environments for others. Um, I think that so much emphasis on self-care can be dangerous. I think it actually leads to what we know through research is um, that one of the number one wellness challenges today is isolation and loneliness. Um, there is this notion born that the company will not take care of me. No one will take care of me. So I have to do it all myself. And in my opinion, that creates an added burden on an individual who was already struggling for balance. Yeah. And um, there's so much opportunity. So my approach and one of my core values is just collective responsibility. We, You shouldn't have to exercise self-care 100% of the time. There should be a balance to it. And um, individuals, we definitely have a huge part of it, but so do our colleagues and so do the businesses that we support, period. Yeah, no, you're right. Like you said, that pendulum swing, so extreme. And, um, you know, yeah, the, our generation, the generation that's after us, they've experienced um, either themselves or their parents sort of be uh, let down by organizations, right? Yeah. Where um, we've seen right, massive layoffs. We've, we've, seen, we've seen these things where, you know, last key kids and you know you gotta get a, get a good job and you know good benefits right and, and all these things and then you saw um and then these folks uh saw their parents suffer from these same jobs that they kind of put in front of everything else yeah. and so there yeah there is an adjustment period that needs to be made where there there needs to be a balance and hopefully we're it's swinging back towards the middle and it's not not so extreme but um i want to get i want to before we wrap, I want to just show you some love. When we first met, you were incredibly gracious to me. Um, I had um, really just started um, at Capnick, and you just you gave me so much game and like so many things to kind of think about as far as my approach and how I wanted to sort of who like the type of class I wanted to to talk to and do business with, and prospect and how important it was to sort of align yourself with things that you felt strongly about right and not try to be uh everything to everyone and so i never forgot that so i want to i want to say thank you 
um, for, for, for that. You didn't know me. You just, you know, d decided to pour into me and, and I, and I do appreciate that. And I've never forgotten that. So thank you. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fast friend. I, um, that's something else. That's a personal value. Um, I believe in fast friends. Um, so I will meet somebody day one and talk to them like we grew up together and <laughs> give you all yeah. types of, uh, sometimes unsolicited advice, but the, but the premise behind that is that um, I do try my best, as crazy as the world is, to assume positive intent. And I will pour into a person because that a, might, might be the only time I ever see you. And I don't know what was impacting you. So maybe that quick um, fill up is, um, is, you know, all that you got in that moment. Or yeah. that is also, is, is tied to my sense of self, right? That's me self-actualizing. That's me being, becoming, and living in who I am. And yeah. so I try to do that everywhere I go, um, even if I just met a person. And um, sometimes fast friendships form, or sometimes it's just in passing. You never see the person. They never talk to you again, but it's still a great interaction. So I just appreciate it. So thank you for being receptive to my <laughs> like no. walk up unsolicited. Let me tell you about <laughs> your career. No, no, no I, I appreciate that. Tell um tell folks um how they can get in touch with you, coaching, consulting, um, the speaking aspect. Uh yeah. So a couple ways, um, through my website, obviously, gobeyondwell.com. Um, the big news is for those corporations that are out there looking for mic dropping speakers, um, I am now WBE and MBE certified. So I'm coming for you in your conferences too, like in your little conferences too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I am, um, I live, I, I swear I live on LinkedIn. So you can always send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always posting, always sharing ideas and just love to interact with people there. So hit me up. Cool. She is the founder of Go Beyond Well, the incomparable, the dynamic, the uh, advice giver, unsolicited advice giver. That's not good for coaching. <laughs> <laughs> no, Princess, <laughs> thank you so much for, for joining me. And on, on behalf of Princess, I just want to let everyone know who's watching or listening that you are all capable you just need to embrace your own frequency. That's right. And until next time, peace. Peace. Welcome into his brain. Welcome into his frequency. Into at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Ask the call where we rise and don't fall.